Now, here's why worship matters. This whole chapter is about the priority of worship. Why does it matter? Because in worship, we offer ourselves to God. In worship, God assures us afresh that we are His people and that He really is our God. And therefore, in worship, we gain the strength we need to face our fears. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith as we continue our message, The Priority of Worship. So Colin, there's a practical side of worship which we benefit from. If our walk with Christ is getting a bit dull, taking part in worship can be so helpful. That's exactly right. And uh, as we're thinking about a new beginning, to get back to worshipping the Lord with other believers is critical to the renewal and the strengthening of uh, spiritual life. And uh, this is a great time of year to encourage that. If, if you've drifted away from other believers and from the, a pattern of worship in your life, I want to give you the strongest and warmest encouragement to get back to worshiping with other believers. Now, why is this so important? Well, you know, the Scriptures make clear that we are actually transformed increasingly into the likeness of the Lord Jesus as we behold him. It's as we take in the beauty and the wonder of who he is, that's worship, that actually changes us. It strengthens us within. And so we're going to see from the Old Testament that when God's people made a new beginning, their first priority was to establish a regular rhythm of worship because they knew that if they didn't have that, they weren't going to be able to face anything else. It's that important, the priority of worship. So let's hear about that from the book of Ezra, chapter 3, as we continue our message, The Priority of Worship. Here's Colin. If you're going to sustain what you are doing for God, you have to cultivate joy in what God is doing for you. Joy in what God has done will sustain you. If you lose your joy, you will lose your strength. And that is why when your plate is overflowing and you feel absolutely overwhelmed with everything that you've got to do, you know what your first priority should be? Worship. Because how else are you going to find the strength to do everything you've got to get done? And you see, this is why God's people gave themselves to worship. Worship renews our joy in all that he has done for us in Jesus Christ. We come here to worship. We sing and we pray and we hear the scripture, we hear the preaching. What's to go on in it? Well, we're offering ourselves to God, but we're also taking in all that is ours in Jesus Christ. We're filling our minds with what he has done for us and how rich we really are. God has made you his own. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ. He's given you new birth and you have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's adopted you into his own family. He's brought you, the scripture says, into his banqueting house and his banner over you is love. He has delivered you out of the kingdom of darkness. He has brought you into the kingdom of his own dear son and he has sealed you as his own forever by giving you the gift of his Holy Spirit. And all these things are true of you on your worst day, every bit as much as they are true of you on your best. Now, do you see why worship matters? 
why this is the priority that God's people give themselves to. Here they are facing an overwhelming task, and the first thing they do is they give themselves to worship. Why? Because in worship, we take in what God has done for us. That renews our joy, and that's the way in which strength is sustained for everything that needs to get done. So again, this is so practical, friends. I I say to you, when life is hard, when you find yourself saying, I don't know how I'm going to get everything that I need to do done in the next week or month or year or whatever it is, when you face an overwhelming task, when sorrow is heavy on your heart, when your energy is low, here's what you do. You give yourself to worship. You rejoice in all that God has done for you in Christ, and you will find very wonderfully that your strength is renewed for all that you need to get done. God's people returned to Jerusalem. Worship was their number one priority. It was expressed in building an altar that speaks of giving yourself to God was expressed in the feast that speaks of rejoicing in all that God has done. And then thirdly, it was reflected in building the temple, which speaks to us of trusting the promise of God's presence. Verse 10, the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord. Now, let me try and explain the story here so that we can see what I think is a very powerful application and a very practical one for each and every one of us today. The significance of the temple was that this was the place where in the past, the glory of the presence of the Lord had come down. You can read about it in 1 Kings and chapter 8 when the first temple, Solomon's temple, was dedicated. The priests brought the Ark of the Covenant into the most holy place, the room that was right at the center of the temple. And when they did that, the Bible tells us that when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand. These guys were on the floor, couldn't stand up because of the sheer intensity of the glory of the presence of the Lord, like John in the book of Revelation, where he sees the glory of the Lord immediately present, and he falls on the floor as if he was dead. That's what was happening right here. They could not stand because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Now, friends, obviously, this was absolutely miraculous. These people didn't need to trust the promise of God's presence. They could see it with their own eyes. The visible cloud of the glory of the Lord. 
And what happened actually on that day, that is the dedication of the first temple, Solomon's great and glorious temple, what happened on that day was actually an anticipation of the last day, the day when the Lord Jesus Christ will return in power and in glory, where the great judgment will take place. And then faith will be turned to sight. And for all who did not believe, they will be confronted by the undeniable reality of the sheer power and presence and glory of the Lord they have denied and defied all their years. And God's people, knowing that that had happened, longed that it would happen again. I mean, you have that so clearly in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1, that heart cry, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the nations may tremble at your presence. Lord, if you would come down as you did on the day of the dedication of Solomon's temple so that people could see with their own eyes your immediate presence and your glory, well, then we would have a testimony to the nations and people would believe, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That's what had happened once. And so it's not surprising, of course, that when they were pouring the foundations for the new temple that was now to be rebuilt, there was great expectation, great hope amongst many. We are building the place where the glory of the Lord will come down. And Ezra tells us, verse 10, that when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets. Can you picture this? Priests dressed in these marvelous robes and they're sounding these trumpets. And then there's Levites with the sons of Asaph with cymbals and they're praising the Lord. And we read, and they sang responsively. That's 50,000 people singing responsively. That's quite a marvelous noise. Praising and giving thanks to the Lord for his good, his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. You see what is happening? It's a marvelous moment. We have offered ourselves to God. We have rejoiced in everything that he has done for us and now we are preparing for the glory of his presence to come down. But I want you to notice that the scripture tells us not everyone was rejoicing. Some of the old men who had seen the first temple, we're told here, wept when they saw the foundation for the second Old men, verse 12, who had seen the first house wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. See, here were some older folks who could remember Solomon's magnificent temple that had been destroyed 50 years earlier. And it was absolutely vast. And people came from all over the country in vast numbers to worship there. And now when they saw the footprint of the foundation of this new temple that was so much smaller, I mean, they're looking at it and they're saying, is this it? I mean, this is only a shadow of what we had before. And there was a bigger problem. 
The temple was built, first of all, to house the Ark of the Covenant. And it was to the Ark of the Covenant that God had said he particularly would come down. And the Ark of the Covenant had been lost when Jerusalem had been destroyed. And to this day, it has never, ever been found. So how could the glorious cloud of God's presence come down without the Ark of the Covenant? Without the Ark, the most holy place was simply an empty room. Well, it's not surprising that the old men wept. What was the point of the temple if the cloud of God's glorious presence would not come down among his people? Now, there was great joy and there was great celebration when the second temple was complete. But the glorious cloud of God's presence never came down to the second temple. God's people did not experience the miraculous as they had done in the days of Solomon. It must have been for them a huge disappointment. And of course it raised this most obvious question. If we don't experience the miraculous, does that mean that God has left us? And we'll hear the answer to that question in just a moment. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, The Priority of Worship, which is part of our series simply called Return, looking at the book of Ezra. If you've been listening to Open the Bible for a while, you'll know that we're supported by our listeners. That's people just like you. And many people give a regular gift to the work of Open the Bible. So if that's something you're thinking about doing, this month we have an offer for you. If you're able to set up a donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'll send you a copy of a book, Psalms by the Day by Alec Motier. It's been specially picked out by Pastor Colin Smith and we'll be talking more about it later in this programme. Back to the message now, here's Colin. If we don't experience the miraculous, does that mean that God has left us? That's a real question. And God answered that question directly through the prophet Haggai who, as we'll see again next week, comes on the scene at just this moment. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 3 to 5. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? He's speaking to the older folks who could remember the glory of earlier years. How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Here are people saying, well, is there really any point at all? And God says to them through Haggai, now be strong. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Now, do you see the point? You are not going to experience, God is saying to these people, you are not going to experience the cloud of my presence coming down in the miraculous way that happened in the time of Solomon. You're not going to experience my presence as a burst of power and of visible glory. 
But I, the Lord, am with you. My presence remains in your midst. Now trust the promise of my presence. Now, friends, this is so important for us. One day, our faith will be turned to sight. We will see the Lord in all of his glory. But that day has not yet come. We walk by faith and not by sight. And it's also true we worship by faith and not by sight. And when we worship, this is what we do. We trust the promise of the presence of God. Now, let me try and apply that specifically. Is there someone here who has longed for a miracle that didn't happen? And you had perhaps a loved one who was sick and you prayed with everything within you for a miraculous healing. But that gift was not given. And and so you're left with this question. It nags away in your mind. Now, where is God in this? Or someone else, you have a loved one who has been far from God for years. And you have prayed. Oh, you have prayed. You've prayed every day for God to intervene. Lord, do to him, do for her what you did with Saul of Tarsus. You know, step in as you did on the road to Damascus. Stop him in their tracks. Turn him around. You can bring him to yourself. But that miracle, after all these years, has not happened. You say, now where is God in this? Or you launched out on a new venture of faith. You put everything on the line. And you looked for God to bless it abundantly. But you know what? From the beginning, it has been one struggle after another. And you begin to wonder, does this mean that God has left us? Where is he in this? Now, these are real questions. And to those who have not seen the miracle that they hoped for, God says, I am with you. My presence remains in your midst. Fear not. Until for us faith is turned to sight, we trust the promise of God's presence. And that's the lesson of the second temple. Now, friends, we have looked today at this very important theme of the priority of worship. What we've seen very clearly is that worship matters. And for these people, worship revolved around the altar, the feast, and the temple. And we have seen by way of application from the Old Testament scriptures what we actually are to do in worship. We, we sing and we pray and we read and we hear the word of God proclaimed. And what we're doing in and through these elements of worship, what we're doing in them is this. We're to offer ourselves to God. 
And we are to rejoice in all that he has done for us. And we are to trust the promise of his presence. And we've seen today how very, very practical this is because the scriptures themselves apply it to some of the toughest circumstances of our lives. When you are afraid, here's what you do. You give yourself to worship. You make the best use of your fears that they drive you to your knees. And you offer yourself to God, and as you offer yourself to God, you gain a new and a fresh assurance. He really is my God, and I really am one of his people. And that's how you're going to be able to face your fears. And when you face an overwhelming task, the person who's here today and you say, I don't know how I'm going to get through what lies ahead of me. When you face an overwhelming task, here's what you do. You give yourself to worship. Because as you rejoice in everything that God has done for you, your strength is going to be renewed and that's going to be the key to getting through all that needs to be done. And when you are disappointed... Give yourself to worship. Because as you believe the promise of God's presence, I am with you and I remain in your midst. Fear not. As you believe the promise of God's presence, you're going to have hope. And we worship brothers and sisters in anticipation of the glorious day when Jesus Christ will return and faith will be turned to sight. And we shall be forever with the Lord. That will truly be an amazing day when we can stand in the presence of Jesus and worship him. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, The Priority of Worship. It's part of our series simply called Return. And if you've missed any of the series, you can always go back and listen again or catch up by going online. Come to our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. You can also find any of Pastor Colin's messages as podcasts. Go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and simply subscribe to receive regular updates. Also on our website and available as a podcast is Open the Bible Daily. This is a series of short two to three minute reflections based on Pastor Colin's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. So Sue, what's January's Open the Bible Daily all about? Ah, yes. Well, it's all about the book of Deuteronomy. I suppose it's a book we don't often look back at, but it's such a valuable book. Pastor Colin is reflecting on it in January, but there's a little bit more coming again in February, so it's that important. (laughs) And you can find Open the Bible Daily on our website under the Resources menu, also as a podcast. At Open the Bible, we welcome contact with our listeners. You can write to us at Open the Bible, P.O. Box 1420, Cheltenham, GL50 9PG or you can phone us on 0330-335-8089. If we're not available when you call, leave a message for us and we'll return your call. 
Open the Bible is able to stay on this station and on the internet as a result of generous gifts from our listeners, people just like you. And if that's something you'd like to begin to do, if you're able to set up a new donation to Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you as a thank you gift a book, Psalms by the Day, and it's written by the Bible scholar Alec Mocher. Colin, who would you say this book is written for? Oh, well, this would be a great resource for anyone who wants to expand the capacity of their own heart. You know, the marvelous thing about the Psalms is that they address every kind of human experience. I mean, you've got joy here, you've got depression, you've got faith, doubt, peace, raging, anger. I mean, the the whole range of human experience is in the Psalms. And Psalms by the Day is just a wonderful resource to open up these marvelous prayers in which we're able to lay before the Lord what we're feeling in our own hearts and what we're experiencing in our own lives and seek from him the help that he alone is able to give. Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a free gift if you're able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and for Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. What does faithful ministry look like in our world today? Find out next time on Open the Bible.